Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, episode 97. So today I'm going to be talking about self-limiting beliefs. And before you switch off, because this can sound like a bit of a depressing topic, um, I just want to name something, which is that this idea of self-limiting beliefs is quite a popular one right now. A lot of people are talking about it, and they're all talking about it in, in their own way, in their own different ways. And so if you kind of consider this idea of self-limiting beliefs and cast your mind back over the various times and situations when you've heard people talking about it and see if you can remember the connotations and the implications and the the fixing strategies and, and so on and so forth that, that you've heard or that you've even perhaps done yourself or given to people and consider those and then maybe just put those on one side just for a moment while we have this short conversation today. This is not going to be a long one because I'm not going to go into all of the detail behind what self-limiting beliefs are, why we have them and how to fix them. Instead, I'm going to just talk about a kind of shorthand view about self-limiting beliefs. So the first thing to consider is What is a self-limiting belief? And very, very simply, it's some sort of belief that we hold, which by believing that belief, we are limiting ourselves in some way. So that's the definition of a self-limiting belief. It's a belief that we hold that when we believe it actually limits us in some way. Very simple, very obvious. Now, some of our self-limiting beliefs, we are aware of, and some of them we are not aware of. The ones we're aware of are not really very much a problem because we can spot it when they occur. So let's say somebody has a a belief. uh, And by the way, um, when we really get into self-limiting beliefs, we discover that we can actually drill down through the layers. And what's what's right at the bottom of a self-limiting belief is usually something uh, pretty basic like I'm not worthy, or I'm not uh, lovable, or um, I have no right to be here, or something like that, something very, very basic. But on the top level, these self-limiting beliefs can manifest more specifically than that. So let's say somebody has a belief which is, um, I cannot deal with technology. I cannot deal with technology. It's beyond me. It's completely different from everything, anything I can deal with, and there's no way I could possibly learn it. Now, let's say someone has that belief. They know they have that belief. They're conscious of it. It is a self-limiting belief in the sense that it limits that what that person's able to do. But they know they've got it, so it's not really a problem. That person knows if for some reason they really needed to engage with technology, they would need to do something to work around that belief. They would need to get some help. They would need to get someone to help them break it down into sections and do it bit by bit, uh, take a break, stop for a cup of tea, whatever you need to do. So that's a self-limiting belief that although it's relatively superficial, it's not the baseline root self-limiting belief that's behind it. We're conscious of it. And so it's not really a problem. 
The self-limiting beliefs that really are a problem are the ones we're not conscious of. And before we start running off into thinking, well, in that case, we must become conscious of all our self-limiting beliefs. Actually, that's not possible either, to be completely conscious of all our self-limiting beliefs. Why is that? It's actually because of our self-limiting beliefs. It's a self-reinforcing structure. So some of our self-limiting beliefs are actually limiting our ability to become aware of our self-limiting beliefs. And that's just part of the way that we are designed. And it's part of the way we've developed in our lives. And it's inevitable. And that does not mean that this is a depressing, awful situation. What it means, I would suggest, is this is an opportunity to say to ourselves, okay, so how do I manage that as best I can in my daily life? And what I've found with this is very helpful to do is to have have an, uh, an eye out or an ear out or a sense out for how I'm responding to things in my life, experiences that I experience, events, things that come towards me, and noticing how I respond to them. And seeing if I can notice a distinction between responding in a way that seems completely in proportion, in perspective, balanced in the moment, or responding in a way that seems in some way weird or out of proportion or excessive or reactive or something like that. So that's the first question, really. Am I responding to the experiences and the events in my life in a way that's actually uh, reasonable, given what's actually going on and given how I feel? Or am I responding in a way that is overly reactive, um, overly upset, let's say, um, overly prickly, overly controlling, over overly approval-seeking, overly, 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 overly something that seems not quite in proportion to the nature of the actual situation. So that's the first place to look, I would suggest. And if you think about your last 24 hours and consider, were there any moments when your reaction, and by your reaction, I'm including your internal reaction, as well as any external reaction or communication you may have made? Because on the outside, you may have been extremely reasonable, wonderful, empathetic, compassionate, um, collaborative, and so on and so forth. But on the inside, was that what was really going on on the inside as well? So it's that question of, was my reaction, whether internally or externally or both, in any way out of proportion to the actual realities of the situation? Now, if that's the case, it's very possible that there is some kind of self-limiting belief at play, because what a self-limiting belief will do is reinforce the idea that you cannot cope with something, or that you, or that it's beyond you, it's too much for you, or that you, or that it's unfair, or that you're not good enough. In other words, that you are not big enough. You do not have the capacity for the situation and the experience that you're having. Now, if that's the case, and you ask yourself that question, is there a possibility that one of my self-limiting beliefs may be at play? You can actually stop at that point. 
And if, if the answer you get coming up from your inner wisdom is, well, actually, yeah, I think that might be the case. You can just pause there and say, okay, let's just say that maybe that's the case. Let's just say maybe that's the case. Okay. Let's take a breath. Let's look at the situation again and say to myself, okay, what does this situation actually warrant in reality? And you can go in that direction without going any deeper into trying to examine which self-limiting belief may be in play. And that is a really valid thing to do, particularly if you're in a situation where you need to respond quickly, you need to act on it, you've got people waiting on you, you're leading, you're leading the group, you're leading an organization, whatever it may be. Alternatively, in that moment, you can say to yourself, okay, I think I may have a self-limiting belief running here. I want to know more about what that is. I want to know more about where it came from. I want to understand it better so that I can be more conscious of it and more free of it, able to make my choices without being unconsciously managed by that self-limiting belief. And if that's what you want to do, then it's really a question of asking questions of yourself. Really examining forensically the reaction that you're having, maybe writing it down, maybe talking about it with a friend, maybe talking about it with your facilitator, your coach, and really going into it in depth. What's the, what's the dynamic of it? Something I've found very valuable in these situations is to get a piece of flip chart paper and just dump down in as much detail as I can the dynamics of what I'm experiencing, how I'm reacting, how I'm behaving. And sometimes it's a mind map, sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's just a blob. Uh, it could be it could be anything. But just dumping it out on the page, I find very, very useful because then I can look at it from outside. Because looking at these things inside your own head is very difficult because the you that's looking at the you that's got the self-limiting beliefs is the same you that's got the self-limiting beliefs. And so you're in a kind of a, 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 a downward spiral. But if you can get it out somehow, whether it's talking to somebody, whether it's doing a process, whether you're in a workshop, whether you're talking to a coach, or whether you're doing some sort of process like the flip chart process or a journaling process, or for those of us who are into various conscious practices like conscious dance, meditation, whatever it may be, sound work, etc. We can use any of these things to help us get some distance on the thing, whilst at the same time diving deep into it, examining it and learning more about it. And there are some wonderful ways that we can then go even deeper and find out what the root self-limiting belief may be. Now, there's a series of, you know, some people say five, some people say 10, some people say 12 core self-limiting beliefs that are the most common ones. And most of us have a kind of preference for one or two or three of those. I'm not going to go into those today because it's a really very involved piece of work. But it can be very useful to find out what those are. And like I said before in this conversation, we don't have to find out what they are. We can simply pause at that place where we acknowledge the possibility that a self-limiting belief may be running and to pause and say, okay, great, if that belief was not running, how might I be responding to this situation? Even getting that bit of distance can make all the difference. So something you might like to do over the coming week is, is to have a look at this on your own behalf, but also to observe people around you and observe your organisation. 
Because sometimes, as just with an individual person, an organisation can have self-limiting beliefs running through it, you know, like a message through a stick of rock. And it can become a systemic issue where the organisation has has limiting beliefs, which might sound weird or esoteric because an organisation is not a person, but an organisation can behave very like a person. So there's a very interesting thing to inquire into. So I hope you found this an interesting conversation. I invite you to go away and consider that and reflect on it. And I look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to know more about my work, please go and check out yesyounow.today, where you can find out all about what I'm doing. All the best and see you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.